The following is a part of the Radio Memphis On Demand service. It originally aired live on Radio Memphis and has been edited for time. That's a little Marshall Charlaw for you right here on Radio Memphis. You're tuning into Radio Memphis Around the World with me, Dee. Now, that nice little R&B and soul smash that you just heard, right? I love, love, love that whole sound, that love that deal is called. So, what if I came across it, again, you know, was uh, was kind of doing the whole YouTube rabbit hole thing. And when I came across it, it was just one of those things that it gave you that warm and fuzzy feeling. It also reminded me of some fantastic songwriting. And so, I had to know a little bit more about who was behind that. So I went a little diving and, of course, and a little digging, and I wound up coming across this particular gentleman, uh, MarshallTalloff.com. And what I found out was that, okay, not only is he a singer and songwriter, he's also um, a producer, recording artist as well, and he has produced and he has written and recorded music for a lot of people, too. And it winds up that he winds up having uh, some somewhat of quite, of the, uh, quite the history as far as music and his background. He's done stuff for, them, for acts like Little Anthony, think about Little Anthony and the Imperials, as well as multiple platinum selling Grammy award-winning band the Commodores that right there hooked it for me and of course you know his creative writing and producing skills actually wound up paving the way for the creation of Marshmallow Fields and that right there is a 1990s production team that consisted of Marshall working with a Stephen Funky Town Greenberg he himself um, uh, Greenberg was a musician a recording uh, producer production um, he also owns um, October Records and it also led him to working with John Fields now John Fields is also known as a musician a record producer and to production and of course he's been behind some of the likes of, I don't know, Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus, Switchfoot, Goo Goo Dolls, think about Pink, Backstreet Boys, and more. So, that right there kind of lends itself and you know one of the cool things about you know about Marshall and working with them is that they actually wound up you know coming up with uh, some music charts uh, music charting uh, music that wound up in Billboard Top 100 dance charts still playing probably around the country all right he's also a member of Mid-America Music Hall of Fame and of course he's also uh, as and of course with that he's a member of that Hall of Fame with the band Westside now over the time you know he's done a lot of cool things including um, actually teaming up with uh, Jasmine Marcus Anderson uh, he's also, uh, and of course, what he did with him, he wound up uh, fronting, uh, being able to front the North Carolina Symphony Orchestra and has recorded with Prince. There it is. And I know a lot of you are sitting because I got a lot of people that are they're actually kind of starting to send some messages and stuff like that because they know some of the other stuff that he does. Yes, he was able to record with Prince on the album 94 East. Um, he's even teamed up with Dr. Fink from Prince and the Revolution as well as Pepe Willie from the band 94 East to perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame events. Now, with that, leading up to those of you that actually kind of know him from other things he fronts the purple experience which is actually one of the greatest tribute bands to prince in the world really i mean and if you guys have seen any of this stuff and seen the videos and seen some of the music you'll know what i'm talking about and he himself is is got this really and you know it's it's so uncanny as far as his resemblance and stuff you know to to prince and as far as um, um as far as his vocal abilities and as far as his performance abilities and things like that but you know one of the reasons why you know radio memphis and radio memphis around the world is catching up with marshall is that you know it's one of those things that you know he has such this huge background behind music and such a huge background around songwriting and stuff there's a reason why he's brought to a certain level and i want to be able to shine that light and what i also want to be able to do is that i happen to have marshall on the phone so i'm going to go ahead and bring him in hey marshall how are you 
Hi, Dive. What a wonderful introduction. <laughs> Man, I'll try, I'll try to shorten it up. <laughs> You've got way too much stuff out there. Ladies and gentlemen, Marshall Charloff, um, I am so glad that you and I had this chance to catch up on air. Likewise. It is. It the is. Internet's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It, it is. You know, it's so funny. Um, you know, you and I actually, we've been able to catch up on the phone, you know, a couple of times before we got to do the interview. And I want to thank you because I had reached out to you um, through your website, you know, when I was, when I had come across some of your, um, some of your um, original music. And when I sent the message back, one of the beautiful things was that when you sent me a message, you were like, hey, uh, let's consider a pre-interview. I'm like, oh my God, this guy gets it. <laughs> Yeah, and and so we were able to, you know, we were able to kind of catch up on the phone and, and you know get to know each other a little bit. One of the things about the internet is that it's a beautiful thing because I get to come across, you know, all of this stuff that under normal circumstances I wouldn't, you know, um, and and which tends to lead to you know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and you know, I I I found out later after talking to you about some of the things that you're you're kind of known for, and 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 you've got a worldwide fan base, you know, based upon the purple experience, but. Right. One of the things that really drew me to you um, was your music and your songwriting and all the background that you have. Yeah, and, and that was um, really special with our connection because that's what led uh, the conversation. It wasn't about my tribute work no. and uh, celebrating Prince, which I've done now for uh, eight years. Right. And so I've done many, many interviews, so that's why I know the protocol and the format. Um, but it's always... Not always, but predominantly been about my tribute working about Prince. And you called and you said, mm, no, that's not it. I, I, <laughs> I dig your music and your story. And I do. I, produced, so. I do. And, you know, and, you know, I tell you, Marshall, one of the things you're going to find out about me is that um, I'll stalk. You know, and everybody, everybody, it's a joke. And those that, that are like, you know, you know, friends and fans and stuff for the the station and stuff, they 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 expect this part of, of what I'm getting ready to say. You know, I'm a stalker, and I go dig, and and so I was, yeah, I went digging on you, you know, just to kind of find out, you know, some other things, uh, you know, about what you had going on. Um, yeah. Fun fact, well, I, mean, I went digging on you a little bit. Too. <laughs> there you go. Oh, see, all right, tit for tat, I got you. Yeah, we dig each other. I, you know, we, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so I I did learn. Let's we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll. we'll I don't want to necessarily do a timeline thing here, but I did learn that you wound up teaching yourself how to play guitar at the age of 15. And and what's kind of cool is that, you know, there's a lot of people that always have this, this musical background about, you know, I went to school here or, you know, I got this education here or whatever the case. But, you know, you having grown up in, in um, you know, in Minnesota and having grown up in, in, in that area anyway, um, you're around, you know, a lot of R&B, you're around a lot of soul, you know, you're around a lot of, you know, even like stuff that's influenced from Chicago. So I, I read that you started teaching yourself how to, you know, play instruments and things like that. So. Right. Tell me, tell me. I mean, you. I mean, how, how do you how do you land in music? I mean, as 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 a kid coming in, how do you do this for yourself? Well, I think this is how every musician gets started. Yeah, it's because you think you can get girls that way. <laughs> At least you're honest. And okay, it's true, and that's why it works, <laughs> and that's why uh, that's why folks sit down and then try and teach themselves music or pursue higher education, etc. Right. Um, but that's what it was for me. It was um, a junior high talent show, and I was just in the audience, and they were doing this um, gong show. Oh, funny. Um, you know, kind of spoof on the gong show. Yeah, they yeah. were bringing up different talent, and this group came <coughs> up there, and they, they were doing uh, 
REO Speedwagon riding the storm out. Oh, my God, and right? I knew the kid on the lead guitar. I said, I, I think he's in my math class. You know, we weren't friends, but after that performance, he, we were going to be friends because everybody <laughs> in that audience was going crazy for these guys. And I'm like, really? Wow. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so then That's I awesome. kind of befriended him, and I said, you just, you're about to show me whatever you know on that guitar. And he showed me a few things, and... and that's where it started. That is so awesome. That's oh, I love it. I love it. That is so. That is so. That is such an honest answer. That now, so you you see and 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 see what's really funny about you, Marshall, is that you know, the the basis of you and your music and stuff like that. You, you like I said, R and B, you know, soul, jazz, uh, and it's it's very intricate and it's, and it's very specific and stuff. You just told me that you were influenced by Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> well, no, I was influenced by screaming teeny, teenage girls who were... Okay. You know, <laughs> but that, See that, the distinction there? It wasn't that I was taken by Ario Speedwagon. I was okay. the reaction from them playing. It was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. You got it. You got it. So you, so, yeah. so you begin to, so you begin to, uh, to, to learn. And... Just out of curiosity, what is it that made you, uh, you know, decide as far as what style that you were going to start lending yourself to? Um, well, I mean, that's that's evolved mm. um, over the years, of course, and of course. continues to evolve. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really craved a deeper understanding of music, and you know, originally you're just trying to make some sounds and you're trying to, you know, entertain anybody that will listen, you know, you bring your brother into the room and it does this sound good and and then at some point the pursuit becomes internal and just like anything else, you crave nutrition and uh. you wanna go deeper and that's what I've done and that's what I continue to do uh, with music. It's just what a gift music is to myself but to, to all of us. And so I just wanna know more and more and more and have a deeper understanding. So it just and that's where jazz comes in, and I love theory. Um, oh, I love wow. the math of music. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, the the motive quality of music, and and you know the the objective is feel something, do something. That's and it. <laughs> no, I mean when do something. Yes, do something. Got it. Um, but also feel something. So if I put out a piece of music, and there's there's no emotion behind it. You don't feel anything. I don't care if you feel like dancing or if you feel sad or you feel happy or whatever. Just the objective is to connect uh, and feel something. That is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. So feel something. That's feel something. Logo. And that right there, I was going to say, you know, you know, that needs to be like the next album or you know, the next you know, CD cover yeah. or something like that. It needs to be feel something. We may have just named it right here. Uh, and, you well, know, Nike had the just do it. Yep. Just feel something. Just feel something. <laughs> just feel something. <laughs> That's what I'm numb. talking about. <laughs> so, so Marshall, so you you pick up the you pick up the instrument, you start diving into it, and you start really you know kind of honing in on the fact that this is kind of what you want to do. All right, and as a yeah. you know as um as a as a as a budding artist and a budding musician, yeah. what's your next? I mean, what's your next move? You know, because one of the things that's funny um, with Radio Memphis, um, you know, we're, we're a commercial indie radio station. Uh, of course, we do play unsigned, we play indie music, and we also have you know a huge fan base of artists and musicians and things like. that.
like that, especially for this show right here. They love, love, they love to tune in for Food for Thought and, you know, just kind of hear the story because they want to be able to, you know, identify and, and, and you know, and kind of relate. And, and so... For you, you know, being able to share, you know, share some of the incredible stuff that you've actually wound up leading yourself into and, and, and going through um, through this course, you you come across, you get into the music. Now, where where does this take you next? I mean, so what do you mm-hmm. so, so what do you do? I try and get in a band. Okay. And anybody that'll have me, you know, when you're a teenager, anybody that'll take me, that's the band I want to be in. Wow. And I happen to be in in one of my first bands, I think it was my first band, with Prince's first cousin. Okay, okay. And, you know, and again, the scene was hot, and Prince was the biggest star on earth. Right, right. And here I am in a band with his first cousin. Wow. Um, and I didn't know he was Prince's first cousin right away. That wasn't <laughs> what drew me to the band. I just was happy to be playing music with other people. Right, and, right. And I uh, found out later who he was, and I didn't believe him. That's funny. See, um, that's funny. I wouldn't have believed him no. either. <laughs> I didn't believe him. No, this is, like I said, the height of Prince's stardom in, in Minneapolis, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, well, I, I know Prince's dentist. I'm, you know, I'm Prince's fourth cousin removed five times. And so when I heard he was Prince's cousin, I just dismissed it right away, and... uh he uh, kind of confronted me on that, and, and uh, he said, well, why, why are you taking issue with that? I, said, I don't know, man. It's, you know, whatever. And he said, well, let's go hang out with him, and maybe, you know, that will convince you. And uh, that's what happened. I mean, we went and hung out with Prince. I was introduced to Prince. Turns out my buddy, uh, Frank, actually had already talked to Prince about me prior to the introduction. Oh, wow. So it was... It was, that's kind of what started it off. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a hell of a way to get started off. All right. How would you think? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you wind up, and it's funny because, you know, then those of you that are tuned in, I'm hanging out and I'm talking to, I'm singer, songwriter, recording artist, uh, Marshall Charloff, and we're having a fantastic conversation of kind of how I got to start into things. So you, you know, you wind up, you wind up kind of stumbling, you know, stumbling into, you know, into this. Now, this is also when you're talking about, you know what's going on with with him um not to not to like age or date myself here <laughs> however well, i I'm do coming with you i'm assuming <laughs> <laughs> right okay you were there look at least you admit it um you know there was there was there was such a um there was such a cultural there was such a cultural thing that was going on you know when you're talking about music and icons and and, and what it was you know movements and you know what you know what he was doing so here you are you're coming in and you're you know you're you're kind of getting into this into this wave and you start you know kind of working with you know these particular individuals so at this point you know this is that I'm, un- I'm willing to work with anybody this is your attitude i'm willing to you know jump in with anybody that'll have me i just want to be able to make music i just want to be yeah. able to make music Right. And, and, you know, this is that, this is that part where, you know, I'm wondering, is it, you know, a certain style that you just fell into because of who you, you know, who you wound up, you know, kind of hooking up with, or it was just like you, the world is your oyster and you started meeting all of these, these people. Cause one of the things I want to get from you and I want people to understand is that the world is not as big as what they think it is. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, at this point you're pulling in, you're, you're, you're starting to work, you know, work with some, some other musicians and stuff. And so, so where does this take you at that point? I think it was the same day that we hung out with Prince is when, uh, Frank introduced me to his uncle, Pepe Willie. Ah, okay. And, uh, 
that, then uh, things really took off. And then I learned about recording and production. Well, Pepe signed me to his production company, Rio Deal, when I was like 17 years old. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, and he had also signed Prince. And uh, mentored Prince. Yes. And recorded with Prince. And yes. he was his first tour manager and all this and that. And so, you know, this was kind of Pepe's second go around with a teenager and, and artist development. And uh, I, I felt like well, I'm next in line to the throne, you know, with, with what is just kind of falling into place here. Oh, I and, see. And uh, okay. so my, my friendship <coughs> and... and mentorship that I've received from Pepe continues to this day. Uh, back, matter of fact, just a couple nights ago, we did a show in Minneapolis and he joined me on stage. So Yes, I heard. I heard. Yeah. Yes. And I heard that that was that was quite the you know, quite the quite the showdown with everybody having fun on stage. It really was. We had uh, some hometown celebs, um, from the time Jelly Bean came up and played a little guitar. Oh, how fun! How yeah, fun! It was, it was it was really cool. But um, yeah, Pepe really taught me about the recording process. Okay. And just the, the discipline involved with it, and uh, and just the, you know the, the the full education that was invaluable that came from him. And uh, wow, that wow. was kind of what was next. I got you. So, I mean, when you're you're getting all of this 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 attention, you know, in this instruction with you know mm-hmm. from the recording side of things. Now, as an artist, okay, because let's mm-hmm. remember something. You started out, you know, this is you're you're teaching yourself how to play music, and you're teaching yourself, you know, how to um, how to uh, uh, you know kind of meld and and blend and, and 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 make this work for yourself. So now you're at this level mm-hmm. where you've got somebody who's giving you an understanding of what it takes to, in order to capture a particular sound. So so what does this what does this do to you, Marshall? As far as your mindset on music, what does this do to you? Well, you know, as you're composing, you know, you hear the parts in your head, like, and this bass part sounds like in my head. Right. And this keyboard part sounds like this, and the drum still sounds like this. Right. But when, you know, early on, I didn't play all those instruments. So I was craving uh, development and all those other parts so that I could record them. They were in my head, and they needed to get in uh, onto tape now. Wow! So that's when I really, really uh, uh, dug into the piano was next, and I transferred uh, all of the knowledge—not all of it, but a lot of the knowledge that uh, that I had accumulated from learning guitar. I just transferred it to the piano because I looked at—I still look at the instrument in a linear way where I see the math. Right, right. So I just transferred the math from. <laughs> <laughs> from the guitar to the piano, and then to the bass and the you know, drums, and and that's when I really kind of became a well-rounded artist when I could hear all the parts in my head and then also perform them. See, that's and that's what came from recording with Pepe. Is hey, here's that part. He'd be like, "Well, go play it." I love it. <laughs> go play you it. Know, go just you know, go. Yeah, yeah. Just go make somebody, it. Somebody, you, know, you, you, you and me, go. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, and it's so funny because, you know, you're, when you're talking about the deal with pianos. Now, I do know, I do know that you were also part of the Fun Keys, and that was the dueling piano player thing, right? Yeah. And so, not, not only did you teach yourself how to play piano, man, you wind up taking it out to, like, another whole level. And everything... What oh, did I play piano, man? Many thousands of times, yes. <laughs> You're you're quick. You're Every quick. Night you're, you're, you were so quick, yeah. and that was what was funny because the deal with fun keys. Um, you know, you guys, um, you wind up, you know, jumping in, and and of course, uh, it was um, uh, was it uh, was it Dan Satterberg? Uh, you two get together, and yes, you wind up, you wind up actually doing these things back and forth, and you you know, you go to these audiences stuff, and it was it was almost like anybody that would would throw in a request. I mean, you guys were able to spit it out, and you guys were able to play it and and, and rock with it and have such a fantastic time and you guys wound up making it quite the quite the production quite the show even in that instance and what i've what i've come to learn about you is that anything that you've ever tackled and everything that you've ever jumped into or logged on or logged on to or latched on to is that it becomes an event does that make sense <laughs> you know and it and it and I mean that in, in the most beautiful way because I'm I'm like one of those production promotion people at heart. I mean, that's how I got started in it. And so when I look at somebody and they and they treat it like an entire event, there's a lot of things that are going on in your head when this happens. You know what I mean? And so true. <laughs> so so big or go home kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those like you you think of everything from you know the note that's going to hit at a certain time at a certain place to you know to to where you know the lighting is to you know what the weather is wearing to the, you know, the presence of stage because you're you're an entertainer. This is what this is. This is what this business is about too. It's about being entertaining. You know, um, totally. So you so Pep so Pepe is, is a huge 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 marker in your in in your world, right? Um, and it takes you to to this particular point. Now, um, what I'm going to do is um, I need to stop down. I need to take a quick break. Okay, but I have a song that you shared with me, and um, and it's actually previously unreleased. Okay, and I think this is kind of what kind of comes into the into the next frame here of of you know what we're going into. Um, and so what I'm going to do is that after this um, after this next break, I'm going to play everybody a song called Colors. And when we come back, and I bring you back on, um, we're going to have a discussion about that song because that's also going to kind of line us back into you know the other stuff going into uh, some of your solo stuff. So um, how about we do that? I'm in. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Now, look, put you on hold, honey. Don't go anywhere. Remember, you can hear everything, okay? So hold tight for me, Marshall. Sure. All right, babe. All right, those of you that are tuned in, you're hanging out with me, D. It's Radio Memphis Around the World. We are in the middle of a fantastic conversation with a singer, songwriter, recording artist, Marshall Charloff. And we're getting into some of the meat of his of his background as far as an industry and how he kind of comes into it and, and how he brings everything forward. Now, what I'm going to do, stop down. I'm going to take a quick break. But coming up out of the break, I have a song I'm going to share with everybody. And again, it's previously, uh, previously unreleased. The song is called Colors. And the reason why this song is actually kind of special is because he winds up actually collaborating on this particular song with one of Prince's family members. So you guys are going to hear about it straight from him right after this on Radio Memphis. Uh, 
That's a little more Marshall Trollo for you right here on Radio Memphis. You're tuned into Radio Memphis Around the World with me, D. The song is called Colors, and of course, we've been talking to Marshall Trolloff, a singer, songwriter, recording artist, and this is somebody that has been doing this since a very, very, very early age, self-taught, and it, is, it has brought him into such an incredible, incredible career. And in fact, speaking of incredible and career and all that, I have Marshall still on the phone with me. Hey, honey. Hi, G. Hi. I um, was calling you Di, and I knew we were on a first-syllable basis. <laughs> but I screwed up. It's D. It's not Di. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I have some people that call me Di, so that's also why I answer to it. <laughs> it depends. What do you prefer? Um, D, Di, Diana. Uh, whatever you're comfortable with, I'll answer. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I'll surprise you. There, there. Okay, now we're into surprising each other. Perfect. Um, colors, colors, fantastic, uh, fantastic little groove there. And you know, one of the things that that also is, is kind of interesting, and, and I want to kind of get back to uh, back into. I know that we were talking about some of your your production stuff. All right, you wind up also working with some incredible you know guys on that end, and so we're going to kind of go back and forth and you know flip forward and flip back on on that. But this particular song, since we went ahead and played it, uh, we met and we were exchanging messages and stuff like that. You were kind enough to share this song with me. You also were kind enough to let me know that it was previously unreleased and that there's actually a little special behind uh, you know, behind the scenes background about this song. You want to tell me about it? Sure. Um, well, touring around doing Prince Music with the Purple Experience, mm-hmm. um, uh, we get folks that, you know, inform us of <laughs> the landscape and the climate, everything Prince-related. Okay. There's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a family um, around the world. And I started getting messages from fans of mine that said, you know, Prince's sister's a big fan of yours. Wow. And I said, no, I've never met his sister. You know, I grew up with his cousins, but I, I never met his, his oldest sister. Right. And I said, yeah, she, uh, she tweets about you, and she and you're on Instagram, and, and I got to get with it, because Facebook's my thing. I can understand that, but Instagram and, <laughs> and Twitter, I'm, I don't do those yet. Right. About to, but anyway, so there was a link, and I read about the link, and it, and it was Sharon you know, in a very uh, flattering way, saying she supports me and her wow. experience, and she was a fan. Okay. And uh, so I reached out to her, and I invited her to a show we were doing in Minneapolis. And she came out to the show, and and we met, and uh, she came backstage, and we, you know, had a little conversation and, and connected, and she invited me to her home. Uh, like a a couple days later, I went to her home, and she had proceeded to let me know that she was called. There was there was a spiritual connection, and that she has a melody that she's been receiving. Uh, she called it Source. Okay. Um, wow. And she said, it, it comes to me, and, and I don't question it. I don't get it in its way. I am just uh, a conduit. It came to me, and I would like to give it to you because uh, your style and your, you know, writing and producing and whatnot, and your voice. Wow, you're it. You're the chosen. Oh, whoa! I said, okay, what? What do okay. you? You know, could you give me more an idea of what this is? And she sat at the piano, and she played this melody on the piano, and that was it. And then she said, "Can you sit down and play it?" And I 
played the melody and said, okay, well now construct harmony and see what you can do. And it was kind of in the moment, you know, wow. the song around that. And so I just, I did. Um, and she said, great, we're going to be working together. I said, okay. And frankly, it was, it was so raw and just the, the phrasing of that was odd time, which as you listen to. Uh, yes. And um, it I did, I did, because I was listening when I was listening to it and stuff, and it was like you know it was this, it was this upbeat, upswing, downswing, and and I kept going. I was like, man, this is like there's this like this total conversation groove. It's almost like back message going on. So yes, and I caught on to that. <laughs> yeah, there's this push timing that was a result of the raising of the melody that that she had, and I would not have pushed time like that, you know. Um, usually, you pick a time signature and go with it. Right, um, right. In this case, it, it was it was odd. And anyway, I took it home, <coughs> and I, in one day, wrote, played all the instruments, wrote the lyrics, and sent it back to her, and I said, what do you think? She's like, yeah, let's do it. And so that's, uh, that's how Colors came to be. That isn't crazy, and that's insane. I mean... Because you know, you wind up getting this. You know, you 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 know, you get this 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 reach out. You know, from from somebody like you know, like her, and and you, I get this picture in my head. It's like, okay, you sit at this piano. It's like, here's this melody. Here's the stuff. Okay, just do it. You know, just you mm -hmm. know, just do something. <laughs> and and there you go. Uh, right. Yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah, just play something, right? Uh, you know, it just feels that's that's gonna be the thing for us for like the rest of this conversation. You know, and yeah. and so you you wind up you know making you know making this work, and and you uh, you know very cool very cool song, you know very cool vibe, very cool uh, very cool melody. You know, I'll have to give you to that. And and this is this is ultimately what it winds up becoming. And so when you wind up finishing this particular song, when you look back and you listen to it, I mean, what's going through your head? Um, well, this was uh, special on, on, a, on a lot of levels. Right. Um, we were going to record it at Paisley Park. Right. And nobody's recorded at Paisley Park since it passed away. Right. And we had talked about it, and it didn't feel comfortable um, because it's really preserved at Paisley Park, so I wouldn't want to go play on Prince's drum kit or, or use his microphone or his keyboard. You know, all that is preserved and uh, and locked up, and nobody's supposed to use it, and that's the way it should be. And uh, I'm, yes, music should be um, should continue to come out of Paisley Park, but not on those instruments, not on his gear. So, right. Um, I called John Field. And there I you said, go. Hey, can I come in there and let's blow this song out in a day? And that was kind of when he and I started working together again. After yes. Taking off yes. And, years. and I'm glad you brought, and, I'm glad you brought him up because the thing about John Fields is now, you know, this is where we get to jump back. Um, you, yeah. you wind up um, learning a lot of stuff from Pepe. Okay. As far as, um, yeah. uh, production, you know, and things like that. Uh, there is a production company, if you will, by the name of Marshmallow Fields. And this is this is you know enter in you and and and, uh, and John okay mm -hmm. together on that front end now now with you meeting having met John now how is it how do you two get together in the beginning in the first place? Uh -huh. um, so Stephen Greenberg had the massive hit Funky Town yes he that did came out of Minneapolis 
in 79. Right. Right about the same time that Prince was just squeaking his way onto the charts with his, with his debut album. But as far as taking over the world with an international smash hit, Steven Greenberg's the first out of Minneapolis. Wow. With Funky Town. And so I had all these demo tapes together. Um, a lot of them produced with Pepe and myself. Okay. And I was like, I want to get a demo tape to Steven Greenberg, if there's any way. And so I just asked around if anybody knew him or, you know, if anybody had any connection to him. And it, I was able to get an address. Wow. Um, okay. And he lived a couple miles away from me. And I just put a demo tape with a cover letter. And we're talking about cassette tape, so, you know, we're going back. That's I okay. I cassette tape of just me playing all the instruments and singing, and I put it in his mailbox. Oh, and that funny. was it, I hope. And uh, So you, like, walked to his it. mailbox and put it in, or did you, like, mail it? No, I drove. I drove to his house and put it in his mailbox. <laughs> That's Why awesome. didn't I mail it? I don't know, but I just drove there. That's fantastic. Yeah. So he listened well, to it, obviously. Well, um, so I didn't think so because it, it had literally been a year. What? Twelve months went by and I got nothing. I'm like, okay, whatever. It was, you know, who cares? It was worth a shot. Okay. And then he called me like a year later and he said, yeah, I got that demo tape of yours. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, yeah, I didn't like it. Too printy. Sounded too much like print. You didn't have your own thing. Oh. Well, you're calling me a year later to tell me you didn't like my, <laughs> <laughs> didn't like my what's, what's the catch? Right. Yeah, right. What's this about? So he said, well, uh, I sent it to my nephew who lives in Boston because he's considering moving to Minneapolis and he wanted somebody his age to, uh, you know, hang out with and start jamming and, and whatnot. And I'm thinking... You two might, you know, have a good connection and, and perhaps I'll produce you guys and we'll do some kind of boy band thing or whatever. Are you serious? But, wow. Yeah, so I hadn't met John, but John had already knew my, he, he was familiar with my music and apparently he was uh, somewhat of a fan of my music and I agreed, you know, Stephen Grimberg, I said, yeah, sure, I'll meet your nephew. Of course. And I had very low... <laughs> that this nephew was going to have any talent because I thought it was just a favor to Steven. To oh. This guy shows up at my door, uh, John Field. And I'm like thinking, oh, he's going to be green as heck. He's not going to know anything about production or recording. Right, or right. And this is when MIDI was just hitting. Oh, my God. And not many people were using uh, MIDI. Um. And I was—I thought I was like the first. Like I really was on top of that. Right, so right. Trying to show him what. Hey, come here. Here's my studio. This is called MIDI, John. No, you did not. What that is is musical <laughs> inter digital. It's, and what it does is you don't have. And he's like, Yeah, I know what MIDI is. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So all right, he knows what MIDI is. And then I'm playing one of my songs. And I'm like, Here's just something I was just messing with. And he picks up the bass. And I just had a bass laying around. He goes, do you mind? And I said, no, go ahead. And he's playing along. He doesn't, he, there's no time for him to acclimate to the, to the uh, key 
or, or you know, anything like that. He's just playing. Wow. And then I'm thinking, man, I got this weird change coming up. He's not going to hit it. He's not going to know where the, the tonal center is going. Right. He just nailed it. I'm like, oh, okay, you're one of those. Uh, okay, I get it. And he said, well, you want to go over to um, Funky Town Studios and just, just start jamming? And yes, I do. And <laughs> that's how that starts. <laughs> that's where it started for, for us. And we quickly became best friends and oh how and funny so you were like totally set up with the fact that he was not going to be up to par you know he was not yeah. even of that of that background and this was somebody's you know this was going to be somebody's you know snotty little nephew that just wanted to be yep. near the business and then you got schooled Pretty much. Ah, well, see, and that's what's so funny is, is that for for somebody like John Fields, and of course, you know, everybody knows a little bit about his background. He's wound up, you know, over the course of time, been able to work with some amazing musicians and and, and artists, you know, of his own right. Um, this is a kind of a beginning for him too, you know, in in, in in coming into uh, you know in, into Minneapolis and, and meeting up with you. So so you you guys get together. All right, and it, of yeah. course you you, know, you wind up going over you know to Funky Town Studios and you know make some magic happen and all that cool stuff. So how does how does Marshmallow Fields you know come into play here? Well, we were just recording every day, mm. writing and recording every day, and just putting groups together. And then yeah, going back to it's all about the girls and getting. Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a church since then, but at that time it was still you know it's all about the girls. And I had met this girl named Jenny, and I'm like, oh, this has to happen. And so we just were messing around with 8675309. Right. And uh, we just recorded a bunch of different versions. Like, uh, you know, house music was just starting to happen at that time. I got you. Um, so we did this house mix of it. Yes, I heard it. And, <laughs> yeah, and Fantastic. It's good stuff. And I was just trying to get it to this Jenny girl who I had met, and I'm like, oh, check this out. I made this for you. And Steven, uh, who owned the record company, owned the label and the studio, and John's uncle, came <laughs> in and he's like, let's put this out. Let's put this out on, on my label. Wow. See what happens. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, I had never recorded anything um, that wasn't just on a cassette tape. And, and so this was the first vinyl release um, that I'd been involved with. Wow. And it was uh, distributed through his company. And um, so, you know, he had relationships with DJs around the country and, and the different promoters. And so when he puts out a record following Funky Town, People going to listen. People are going <laughs> to listen to it. So that was a that was a big thing. So they they put this out, and of course he winds up. You know he winds. You know he winds up. You know actually, uh, you guys put it together rather, and he winds up putting it out. And you know everybody winds up falling in love with it. And you got to remember, you know this is during a time period. You know when you're talking about dance, and you're talking about you know everybody you know wanting to you know kind of get into the vibe of things, and you know and partying, have a great time, uh, and you know and having the backdrop for music. Now one of the key points, you know Marshall, that you also brought up was that. You know, Stephen had a relationship with DJs, had a relationship with, you know, people, you know, around the country and stuff that would actually play and promote. And, you know, and how how important was that? Well, as far as charting and getting, you know, recognition in the industry, it was the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, and I'm, I'm assuming it's still the case to some degree, uh, the, the DJs in the club were employed by Billboard to be 
charting DJs. They're called charting DJs. Wow. And so, but the, but the magic of it was that was not disclosed. That was not to be disclosed because if you knew at this particular club that this guy, whatever he plays, is going to get reported to Billboard. Right. This guy, I mean, he would be, you know, coveted relentlessly. People would just be uh, hounding him to play my record, play my record. Right, right, right. Nobody got to know who the, nobody got to know who these people were, but there was. You know, major cities, there's probably two or three in smaller markets. There's like one guy, literally, who worked at this club, and his playlist was turned into Billboard. That is crazy. And that was and that was on purpose. That was totally on purpose. He was employed. I mean, Billboard would give him a wage and say, you know, in addition to, you know, your gig at the club, you turn in your playlist to us, and that's how Billboard compiles and... and uh, put together their charts. Wow. And, of course, I didn't know any of that at the time, but Stephen knew that very well. Sure. We were able to get to the charting DJs, and then John and I went on this little promotional tour where we would go meet these guys that we're not supposed to know who they are. <laughs> we did because Stephen had come before us with Funky Town. So, right. Um, so all they had to do was spin the record. Just spin the record tonight. And they would, and we'd be there. And... If every DJ in the country is spinning your record, even if it's for a brief moment, it's going to chart on Billboard. It's going to, and everybody, it's going to become a thing. It, yeah, it's going to yep. be, it's going to have some impact. So you and John wind up, you know, uh, kind of uh, getting a little boost, you know, from from actually, you know, doing doing the remake and you know doing the dance mix for um, for Jenny, uh, Tommy Two Towns. Uh, hey, that that hell, that song was from like '81. You know, and you guys wind up kind of giving it a breath of fresh air again by doing it as far as the dance mix yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, Tommy Tutone happened, or pardon me, Tommy Heath. Well, <laughs> That's his real name, right? Is, you know, the stage name. But Tommy Heath uh, had a home in Minnesota, and his sister lived in Minnesota. And we needed his permission mm-hmm. to release recording. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to uh, have lunch with him and. Played him recording, he totally got behind it, totally dug it. Oh, that is awesome. And, that uh, is cool. So we had his approval. That is cool. Yeah. So, see, and he yeah. probably was just so happy that he goes, man, you really actually made that into another song. That's cool, you know. And he, he probably felt really good about that. So you wind up, this kind of gives you a big push. Uh, and Marshmallow Fields comes into play, is, is what I'm getting, mm-hmm. right? And... Coming into that, you know, you wind up actually, how does this work? You have this production team, and you're working with John, you're working with Steven, of course, you know, because, you know, he's, he's you know, he's kind of the yep. ringleader in all of this. So you guys wind up, are you being pulled to do, you know, certain projects? Are you being pulled, you know, from Steven to do certain things? Or, I mean, how did that work at that point? Well, I, I still had a close relationship with Pepe. Ah. Even though now I'm really spending all my time with John, okay. recording and producing. But, but Pepe, uh, he, he grew up around Little Anthony and the Imperials, working with them and producing them. His uncle is, is Clarence Collins. Yes. He's the founder and owner of Little Anthony and the Imperials. And so they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Pepe asked me if I wanted to contribute an original song because they wanted to have a recording out that was new that would kind of hit at the same time as their induction <coughs> ceremony. Right. So, 
Pepe said, you want to try and write something for Little Anthony and the Imperials? I'm like, uh, okay, I'll uh, try. Well, sure, yeah. Absolutely, I'll try. And I'm honored that you gave me that shot. So I went and bought all the Little Anthony CDs and listened to all of it and kind of found out what his vibe was and what key he liked to sing in. And, and I gave it my best shot and uh, recorded this one song. And, you know, and it was just me. I... I just played all the instruments on it and sang it and wow. gave it to Pepe and uh, Pepe let me know like soon after uh, he picked your song. He loves it. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. You gotta be kidding me. He's going to use my song. He's like, yep. Wow. So then, um, exactly. Wow. So then they're recording the song. I wasn't going to have anything to do with it. They were going to reproduce it and of course take all my tracks off and redo it right right and what happened was i got a call from pepe kind of panicked oh from the studio and he said um it ain't happening uh little anthony is not vibing with with the song and i said well why not <laughs> i mean well what happened i mean he loved it now he doesn't like it what happened yeah he loved it now he doesn't like it i said <laughs> why doesn't he like it he said because uh it's phrasing, you know, like the way you phrase it is different or something. And uh, he said, you better come down to the studio or else he's just moving on. And so I just got my butt down there, which was awesome anyway, because that was the first time I met him. Oh, how cool. And so here I am, you know, I think I was 22, something like that. And I, I walk into the studio and there, there's the legendary uh, Anthony and, uh, and I said, can you just sing it so I know what, what's going on? And so he sings, he sings it, and the, I, I figured out immediately what the problem was. Okay. And I said, I think I know what it is. And between you and me, the problem was that the song swings. So the grid is not, you know, uh, on the mark grid. It's a loose grid. It, oh. it swings. So. So I took I took the lyric sheet and I just put a letter A before some of these lyrics. Mm -hmm. So like he would he would sing like if the lyric was got to lay back because that was one of the lyrics got to lay back. <laughs> okay. So no, don't say got to lay back. Say I got to lay back. Put the little A in there first. There it is. Then it swings. He says uh huh. And then I just start putting all these A's in there and sing it with that. Um, kind of a ghost note. I got the laid back. There it and is. And he did it and he's like, got it, love it, done. <laughs> then I got production credit, which I wasn't supposed to get production credit. Oh, wow. But because of that inter five minute interaction, you wound up getting production credited over that whole deal. Well, and which winds up turning into into a lot of stuff. Now, you and John, you know, are 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 working on some things. And for those of you that are tuned in, I'm having a fantastic conversation with Marshall Charloff. Um, you and you and John Fields, you know, wind up getting in on on some stuff. So this is this is kind of one of those catalysts as far as you know working with Anthony. Now, I do know that you are also very very integral on a particular song for the Commodores, which, I mean, 
All right, I got I got to know. <laughs> That's yeah. that one I have to know. You know, and it was sure. it was funny because I can I think I when I was coming across some of that information and you know, I think I read it like, you know, two or three different times going, is that what that said? It it is it, he he wrote a song for them. What? Yeah. 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 So Let's go. Let's let's go into it. So you get yeah. you, you get little Anthony through this whole deal, and you, and you guys, you know, they they wind up you know taking it on. So what does this do for you? Oh, it's crazy. So little Anthony shared some management with the Commodore. Nah. So he was just playing his new um, newest project for these folks in the Commodore's camp, and they heard it. And um, the Commodores themselves said, that's our sound. That's what we're looking for. Wow. What is this? Like, who wrote this song? Who produced this song? What's the deal? I don't know, some kid out of Minneapolis. Wow. Find out, get get me his information, and that's our sound. And I went, so, you know, I don't know any of this behind the scenes, but I get a phone call from J.D. Nichols the Commodores and you have to the time period of this is right after Night Shift oh my they goodness they won the Grammy for Night Shift sure but it did is, it's post Lionel Richie but just up the quint of uh, of um, Night Shift right right so they're hot and uh, so J.D. Nichols leaves a message on my answering machine so that's you know, we're going back. <laughs> and I come home, I play the uh, answering machine. Hi, this is J.D. Nichols of the Commodores. And uh, I'd really like to discuss with you some uh, projects with us. I'd like you to write and produce for us. So give me a call back. No, okay. So <laughs> you, you play this message and yeah. you hear the Commodores is on your voicemail, right? Yeah. But I didn't believe it. Okay, I was just <laughs> Because we're still we're still on that we we the very beginning of this entire interview starts off with I didn't believe him <laughs> I didn't believe him right. uh, so That's another theme here yeah <laughs> right. like, I'm gonna need more proof than, than an answering machine right okay so we you listen to the message on the machine and so what do you so what do you do Well I called it I'm like all right well, I'll call the number and see what's up Let's go you know if it's a buddy or if it's a prank or whatever I. I'm not just going to leave it alone and not know, so I'm calling the number. <laughs> You're just going to make sure, okay. Yeah, whatever it is, like, whatever. So I called the number, and uh, and he says, yeah, I, uh, I heard what you did with little Anthony. So as soon as that was introduced, I went, I think this is for real. Oh, my God, it's the Commodores. They're on the phone. Um, the Commodores. So, what are yeah. you, so what's going through your head? Uh, keep your composure. Be professional. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sound like a screaming little girl. Out of <laughs> yeah, right. inside, no doubt. Right, right. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. And you know, it was one of those. You know, I don't know how many moments you get in life where you're just like, oh, everything's going to change now. And that was that was one of those. Oh wow! And, uh, wow. So he had said it was an interesting challenge. Is that he wanted? He said, you know, the, that one song, "Hold On," that that. If you wrote for little Anthony, that that's our sound. Like we want that. And I'm like, well, okay. He's like, no, we like pretty much that. 
And I go, uh, well, I'll write you something in that vein of that. No, no, no question. I'd be more than happy and honored to do that. He goes, well, kind of close to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so that's when I, uh, I said, yeah, let's do it. So that's when I called John and I like, I'm like, whoa, we're, we had this huge project and I'm not doing it by myself. We're doing this together. And, uh, and, uh, so we wrote this song called uh, Don't Rock It and yeah, sent it did. to him and he uh, he said yeah I love it but there's uh, I want the lyrics different I don't like that chorus and he, and, uh, he said I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna write the lyrics and I was so possessive you know uh, even though I was honored and humble I was also like no 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 I'll write them no just like no it's my song don't do it right <laughs> And I wanted all the, you know, it's mine. And wow. he said, well, you got till tomorrow. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, he said, otherwise I'll write them. And so, uh, you know, I had 10 different versions that we tracked. And I, and he's like, yep, you nailed it. Oh, wow. And uh, got him the tune. And then Stephen was brokering you know, the publishing arrangement with us and all this. And, and he's like, yeah, you know, they're going to want a little bit of publishing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want the pu-. And he's like, um, they're the Commodores, and you're not. So here's how this works. We're giving them publishing. And um, and then, you know, we, we were able to play all the, John and I played all the instruments on the track and produced it with them. And, uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Um, Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. was at the session. Oh, my God, right? And then... He was like, man, I, and they were, I guess, like best friends. And he said, you know, man, we got to work together. I just love what you did. Oh, my goodness. Commodores. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, just, and he was just freshly hot. You know, it's yes. been maybe 10 years or something. Yes. Ghostbusters, but I'm like, he was still hot. Yes. And I'm going, okay, we're on a new path here, and, and it's it's good <laughs> and it's a good one and it's a good one so so one thing yeah. so one thing leads to you know leads to another and so now you and and especially john you guys are are, are on are quite the roller uh, quite the roller coaster ride mm-hmm. on doing this yeah. um your songwriting okay has been a very key component at this point where the next level for you comes into play and there is a thing about that i have been you know for me a lot of the stuff that I wind up talking about, especially on the show for you know for Saturdays, this theme for me uh, in, for the past you know, I don't know couple of months has been about um, songwriting. All right, and that there was a need for you know for actual fantastic songwriters to be able to come forth because let's remember something, and I say this all the time. I'm, I'll say it again, guys. You know there was a there was a time, especially 80s and 90s, where you know you had all of these hit songs, you had all of these you know all of these you know fantastic you know people that were making their marks and making their movements. Um, they started out just like everybody and they you know on their own and and they, they were able to get to a certain level where they were kind of scooped up but then there was like they were handed a particular song you know what i mean that made them and and, and that really kind of you know kind of captured them you know to a certain extent yeah. and you know you have that you had now you're everybody's kind of figuring out that you you know you have this 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 talent um and you do have a very very specific quality about the way you songwrite which was the other reason why i got really kind of attached to what you had going on as a as a solo as a solo as an original artist um so you wind up uh you know doing all of this so so where does this take you you know and so so where does this ride take you from this point 
Well, isn't that funny? I mean, like you say, it takes that one song, and then all of a sudden you're over. You're an overnight success, even though you've been at it for, you know, for a long time. Right. Um. So for me, um, you know, there's a shift in the industry where units or physical music being purchased is kind of fallen by the wayside. It's right. really not the thing anymore. So now it's just you know getting your music heard and getting people to to uh, expose to it and right. to follow you and then the next step would be come to a performance and I uh, as far as my audience you know I kind of split it between my tribute work and the, and the folks that love and adore Prince yes and then those that you know they crave a deeper understanding and knowledge of, of my own artistry because if you come to a Purple Experience show you're gonna see me wearing high heels and, and, and outfit everything else. <laughs> you do a fan look. Look, you do you do a fantastic job, and it is really, really crazy weird how much that it's like. Oh my god, that's Prince. You know you and you pull it off. Look, I, I'll give you that. And I have to tell you, for somebody that has really dedicated, you know, to to put on again, this goes back to that promotional thing in my heart the event you know the actual event of things and you know everything from you know the outfits the heels to the guitar to the look you know to the way you've shaved your face you know to everything down to the performance and and you know there's a there's a certain level of, of professionalism and there's a certain level of talent in order to be able to pull that part off too um with you and you know the thing about it is is that and i'm glad you brought it up that you know you do divide yourself between you know the two audiences um because i think those moments you know as far as with the with the tribute band you know are so magicals because what you've done with your other with, with you what you've done with with what, who yeah. you are you know well that's what keeps it from being cheesy and inauthentic yes is that it really is my artistry channeled through the spirit of Prince and the Prince catalog. Um, But I'm not playing the same solo. The next night I'm composing in the moment, just like Prince did. Right. And, you know, I'm not affecting my vocals. I just happen to have that range. Um, That's crazy. Well, I shouldn't say happen to. I mean, I've been influenced by Prince forever, so I'm I'm assuming through osmosis or however it works. (laughs) Right. I channel him naturally, not affected. And so there's a connectivity with my audience because they just they're getting me, my spirit, my soul, but um also sharing this catalog which is, you know, uh so iconic and, of and, course. and everything else. Of course. But then those folks after the show they're like, I, I, what's this guy about? You know, they wanna go deeper and that's they do. when they go find my original music and they purchase the CD or just, you know, stream it on all the different sites or YouTube, uh, like it worked for you or, or however. Right, right. And you, with your stuff, it's so funny because you write it, you play all the instruments, right? And you, you know, you, you, you put all of this together. So you almost get to, you almost get to kind of get up into your, your, into your craziness, you know, in, in your, in your work, in your head that is, you know, such as, you know, amazing landscape, you know, of, of, of um, thoughts and adventures and, and things like that, that you create some, 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 some really, you know, insane things. And, uh, and it's the, that the songwriting thing for me is like, okay, I don't know, 
I don't know if it's if it's because of the way you were brought up and brought into the business. You know what I mean. I don't know if it is you know as far as you know the people that were influential in your in you and your business. You know because the, the the common thing for me that I'm listening to is um, okay. Big shout out. Big shout out to dude at the talent show in junior high, first off, okay? Because you know, wherever you are, man, you made some really cool things happen for this guy, okay? Michael Cooperman. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and you coming, you know, you coming in and, 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 and wanting to, you know, wanting to be part of your scene and wanting to be just in a band, having people like Pepe, you know, kind of sweep you up and teach you the other side in terms of recording. That one little key piece for me is so important, and the way you say that is so important, because that is one of the that's one of the magical pieces that makes music great. When those people have that understanding of what it really takes on the recording side, not to not to not to shut down the the, the availabilities of doing your own demos and you know recording off your computer at home because you know to capture some moments and, and lay down some scratch tracks or, you know, or whatever. But when you've got somebody that truly understands sound you know and it's not zeros and ones you know what i mean um uh-huh. to do something with that you know so you you know it's uh, throughout the whole day today of this conversation you know you've actually for me i you know i pick up on these key points on on, on kind of what's worked so now you're you're doing your your tribute work but then you've also got this this you know the solo career that you do on the side mm-hmm. and when you're making this music and you're putting these things out I know you do it for yourself because you wouldn't continue to do this if you did not love what you really, truly, truly do. Um, what is what is your plan, you know, for for your solo music? What is what is your plan, and what are your hopes for this? I'd like to tour as an original artist. That would be that would be um, fantastic. And yeah. it really, I think I told you the first time we spoke at it. You know, you flip a switch and you're like, yeah, my yeah, like it didn't really occur to me. Because I'm so busy and, and you know the demand is there, mm-hmm. my tribute work. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of get lost in that world, and like you say, I record and write music because I have to. Mm-hmm. No I other know. reason. It's just it's in me, and gotta give birth every once in a while. You do, you do. I mean, uh, and, and it's funny because you know you make that mention of wanting to be able to travel and 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 perform as as, as the, the original artist. You know that you are, and you are yeah. one. You know, it's not like if you know you are one. At the same token, you know, there's another piece of me that that kind of wonders is is that this conversation is like, you know, did you pull yourself away from actually, you know, maybe songwriting and having somebody have that opportunity to go, hey, this song, this song is a very special song. It's 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 one of your babies. You know, everything you make is always your. It's like one of your kids. But at the same token, you know, that child, you know, may actually make or break, you know, somebody's career. And you know, is that is that still a thing for you to you know to be to have that offer for somebody to be able to take your music and make it into something? Um, no question about it. I mean, you know, I do get um, you know, feedback on these songs, and mm-hmm. people write me and they say, you know, this this song meant a lot to me for this reason or the other. The messaging right. really, uh, I really connected with the messaging. I needed that 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 kind of a thing, and that's when you know, okay. It, there's a little bit more to it than I just got to, you know, do this. There's some purpose behind what you do. Right. Calling, et cetera. Right. Um, and as far as the, the industry is concerned, I think the folks that will will be successful in the future are those that actually play instruments. Thank you. And those that have performance chops. Right. Um, because 
that is not going to be replaced by a one and a zero. I guess it is in the sense that the DJs are there and they'll draw an audience pushing the button. Well, yeah. Um, but but I don't think that we're ever going to see an extinction of um, real music. No. By, by real musicians and no. uh, messaging coming from the stage and connecting with an audience. So if you think about it, just like everything else, um, everything I've done up until this point is prepared for whatever I'll be doing next. Of course. But as far as playing all the instruments and and my performance chops, wow. I mean, you couldn't cut your teeth on a better no <laughs> pace car or mentor than, than Prince. So No, you couldn't. You couldn't. Not at all. And, you know, the funny thing is is that there's been a lot of people that were kind of laid, you know, in your path in a very weird, you know, kind of, you know, strange way. You know, and has there ever been a thing with you? I mean, I know people. I know people have had to approach you, or somebody's had to come up to you. And go, will you like? Will you be my mentor? Will you take me under your wing? You know, will you? You know, will you show me a way? Will you open the door? I mean, has you know, has that opportunity come up for you too? It does, and I'm, I, I, I love music so much. Like, like I mentioned earlier, right? That um. You know, being a student of music, which I am and always will be, I mean, I think part of the responsibility is also to be a teacher. Good. And, you know, even at a sound check somewhere, I'll have somebody come up to me, and he's a sound engineer who's mixing us, and he says, can you show me what you just did on that piano? Like, that was amazing, and I'm a piano student, and whatever. Right. And I'll, and I'll get into theory, because it really intrigues me. That's theory. awesome. So I like to share that with other people. As far as somebody else's request, recording career yeah i get i get a lot of requests for that but my time is a little bit limited at the sure moment it is. sure it is with my travel schedule and this new album which i have all the songs <coughs> written there's about five of them five or six that are done recorded and finished and i got to do another five or six that are in my head <laughs> they're all finished in my head of I course have to record those wow so I feel like well, I can't really take on somebody else's until I finish mine. Until you finish yours and stuff, and that and that's okay because, you know, the little bits, uh, little bits of advice and the little pieces, you know, the little moments and stuff that you wind up sharing. A lot of people don't realize that sometimes it's one little, one little simple statement or one little simple piece, you know, that will change your yeah. course, you know, for for everything, and you know, and you yeah. are you already you already kind of do that. If if somebody you know if Marshall if somebody were to ask you like one piece of advice, although I mean I already just after talking to you today, I mean I've I've gotten several pieces that are like total favorites, but if if somebody were to come up to you and say what can I do, you know, you've got you know you've got thirty seconds, you've got two minutes, you're getting ready to go on stage, you're getting ready to go out the door, but you've got to make this one impact on this kid. What's what are you yeah. going to tell them? What are you going to tell them? Well, learn everything you can about music. Everything. Don't stop and never stop the pursuit. Um, ear training, crucial. Wow. Um, learn your theory. Um, practice hours a day. Because that's that kind of commitment to your craft. Um, there are some, I mean, people are doing that. If you watch YouTube and you'll see some eight-year-old playing Chick Corea and you're like, what? I know, uh, I know. Well, what is happening? I know. So it made it made me feel really incompetent when I see things like this. Yes, <laughs> but it also like any excuse that you have, 
is gone as soon as you see that eight-year-old blow. <laughs> when you see that eight-year-old blowing you out of the water, yeah, there is no excuse. There's none. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm a smaller dude, and my hands aren't huge, <laughs> uh, and I'm always like, God, I can't stand, you know, that third octave. I'm like, I can't, and then I will watch some kid who's. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Shut up. And go, work on, go work on your craft. So there's just no excuse. Just, just, just you know, immerse yourself. Perfect. And learn every aspect of music that you can. That is never ab- stop. That is absolutely perfect. I could talk to you like through this entire show, and you know, and I, t- I when you know it was so funny. We caught up with each other last night after you got off the airplane. You called me, and I told you I was like, "Look, I already know how this is going to go. We're just going to keep talking and having so much fun." There is, there's, I mean, and what's with you, Marshall? You know, we only got to really scratch the surface, and yeah. and um, I do, um, I do want to thank you. For, for the time that you you have given me. I want to thank you for the music. I want to thank you for the stories and stuff. Because what's funny, I don't even know you realize this, is that you know you kind of filled a you filled a kind of a little a bit of a gap, you know, in in, in my mind about music and about history. Because one of the things that I also have a thing and I, I'm a real fanatic about is that you know I love learning about you know some of the some of the movers and shakers. I love learning about some of the people that kind of paved the way for some of the things that are that are happening now. But I also have this. Um, respect factor where I'd like to go back and just kind of remember certain key points and remember certain things and I'm always very encouraging for artists and stuff to do that I'm not saying live in the past I'm saying you know we're look at the people who kind of laid, laid some groundwork and laid some, made some things happen in certain time periods because there is a learning experience and there's a blueprint there there's a blueprint for something that no matter what time what time it is what age it is what year it is it will still work and you're, you know, you you've proven that you're you're given a prime, you know, a prime example of of laying that out, um, you know. And I can't thank you for that because you've actually helped me out and put a, a few things in perspective in my head about some stuff. Wow, I appreciate hearing that from you, D. Yeah. And I am sad that it sounds like we're about to. I know. I know. I we need a part two sometime down the road. We will. You know what? We can. We and that's see. That's what's really cool about this deal is that we can make that happen. There's no rules that says that we can, and we need to. We definitely need to. Um, I know that, um, and also I know that you've been jet setting. You've been, you know, you've been, you know, doing some shows. You're back and forth. You know, actually, you know, in between, in between sets, even during the week as we speak, it's kind of funny. Um, you were kind enough, and I want to give a big thank you to you. Uh, you also sent me a, a an autograph picture, and I tell you what was so funny is that when you get, when I when you when you get something in the mail like the actual mail, it's so cool. You know, it's like, oh my god, this it's like it's not a message, it's not a me email, it's not a you know a text or whatever. It's like somebody took the time, you know, got an envelope, got some stamps, you know, sign you know, sign stuff, and it was like total girl fan moment. So I wound up. <laughs> And I got it, you know, I got it, and it was all cool. You sent me a copy of um, your um, album, um, Eleven. And I have to tell you, one of the cool things I liked about it was that on the very back of it, it was like this little little icon, you know, in the, in the top, and it's like, this Marshall goes to Eleven. I was like, yeah, I caught it. I yeah. had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah, it's okay, man. And it was so funny because it reminded me. It reminded me about going through somebody's album and going through like the little things and the little nuances or the little, you know, the little stuff. You know, if you had to look at the album, you you had to have it in order to catch the joke or catch the behind totally. the. Yeah, so I caught it, and uh, I wanted to be able to tell you that. But um, 
before we leave, um, I actually want to tell you that normally when I wrap up stuff, I play a song after you know I hang up and stuff for everybody so they can hear some more uh, of the artists I'm talking to. Um, I actually picked a song. I told you last night, I lie, this is the only time in our relationship I would, uh, I'll lie. But I lied to you because I told you I was going to make you pick a song and tell me about it. But I, yeah, I picked one. <laughs> and I wanted I forgive you for that. Let's <laughs> not make it a habit. Though. All right, all right, all right. I get it. Um, I picked uh, out of that album. It was so funny because I sat and I listened to it. You know, for uh, you know, a couple of nights here and there, and I would like stop it and I'd come back and just. I mean, I wouldn't like start over. I just kind of pick up where I left off and just kind of let stuff wash over me when I'm doing some things. I kept coming across and coming back to the song "Romance." And I don't know if it was because the melody. I don't know if it was just because there was a. Um, it struck a. It struck a time period in, in me. But it was. But it's still so. Fa- it, it's still so. You know. It's so fashion forward that I was like, okay, what's up, what's up with this? So that's the song I picked, and I want you to tell me about it. I love that song, <laughs> and I know it's weird to say because it's my song, but Ooh. just like if it was my baby, I love my baby. Of course. Uh, I really do love that song, um, and and there's a lot of, I'm sure that the connectivity with it is that, um, the, the you, you kind of get my soul in that yeah. in that song. Yeah, you get me. It's as deep as I go. Is that song? Um, it was our one year anniversary of my, uh, well, in musician terms, my wife, but we're not legally married. But you know, okay. Um, and it was our one year of being together, Aww. and and I presented that to her on our anniversary. And you know the 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 song is about coming from being a a player, being being a player, and being a bachelor, and, and no commitment, and not understanding you know relationship, and that transition to I want to tell the world, yeah, I'm in a committed relationship now. I'm a Aww. grown up. And that's what, that was my romantic gesture. Um, She's one lucky lady. Wow. Wow. It it goes the other way. Believe me. Believe me when I tell you. That is so sweet that you said that. Yeah, so there's going to always be a connection with that song and and us. Oh. I could so tell. Cool. I'm so glad you picked that one. I'm glad. Yeah, you know what though? I could tell. Uh, you know, there's a there's a thing about music and stuff. And when you when you know somebody's somebody's you know somebody's put their foot into it and put their hand into it and put their yeah. heart into it. And you know, there's a there's something that speaks. And now, not that, that the other songs don't. Of course they do. But there was there there was a there was something very very poignant, very personal. Um, and so that was a thing for me. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna definitely play that. What do you what do you have coming up? And because I know, like I said, you've got a lot of people that you know that that were probably tuned in and, 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 and paying attention. I know that you've got some um, some certain things that are happening. I looked on your schedule. Are you, like, leaving the country? Tuesday. You are leaving European the country. Tour. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, wow, I, we couldn't have timed this any better because you're, like, you know, skipping the country on me, you know, next week. Um, so you've got a couple of dates. Yeah. Uh, I think you're supposed, aren't you supposed to be in Stockholm next week? Yeah, um, it's kind of a Scandinavian tour and okay. Denmark and uh, Sweden and other parts of Scandinavia that I'm unfamiliar with because my geography sucks. <laughs> but, uh, okay, that's where we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll be uh, we'll be out there through the beginning of April. We leave Tuesday. Gotcha. 
I got you. Well, um, then you've got a couple of things that you need to be actually preparing for, and you need to be getting packed, and you need to be spending time with that fantastic person that this next song is about. Uh, you know, definitely. Um, you and I, we're going to keep in touch. So, you know, we got each other's number and, you know, and texting and, and emails and all that good stuff. Um, let me know, you know, if there's anything that we can do here at Radio Memphis for you for sure. Wow, wow, Dave. I, I want to thank you for, for this platform that you've offered to myself and, and other artists and, you know, really going into depth about this this art form. Yes. And uh, it, it's really special, so uh, I'm going to be spreading the word um, I appreciate about that. you and, and, and turn my folks on to you, too. I appreciate that so much. I do. I do. Well, I tell you what, man, it's the start of a fantastic friendship, and I tell you, I expect to hear some more music coming out of you as well. Uh, you know, so go gallivant around the country, the world, the planet, all that good stuff. Um, but you know, I, I'm going to want to hear some more from you as well. And we will. You and I, we're, we'll we'll do this. We'll we'll do another thing. We may have to even come up with something. Um, you know, on checking in and things like that. You know, do some do some you know, uh, you know, do some air checks or you know, do some yeah. check ins and that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll definitely do that. I'm in. All right. Have a fantastic afternoon, honey. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Steve. All right. Talk to you soon, Marshall. (laughs) I love you too, brother. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marshall Charloff. What a fantastic, fantastic gentleman. And I tell you, you know, what's beautiful about that is that, you know, such a huge ha- uh, fan base. You guys did hear him know he's actually leaving <laughs> leaving the country. He's going to be doing, uh, he's, yeah, he's going to be actually doing a European, a, a Scandinavian tour. And he's going to be doing that as far as with his tribute work with the Purple Experience. Now, you guys can find out more about the Purple Experience, especially on Facebook. Uh, make sure you type in Purple X, you know, for experience, and you'll be able to find some of the, uh, some of the dates and some of the shows and some of the things he's got going on and those of you that are actually true diehard fans all right you want to know more about him you also can do something very cool for yourself and you can go to his actual website marshallcharloff.com learn a little bit more about him learn about all of his other albums and stuff that he's got out and some of his music learn about his story and fall in love with his music the way we did here on radio memphis around the world so that's some uh, that's some good stuff and what a way to wait a way to you know fill in some uh, some dots and, and and fill in some some timelines and things like that well for no further ado again off of his album 11 all right the song is called romance and this is actually d's pick you know from the album for him for this week so you guys enjoy this because you're only going to hear it on radio memphis around the world right now Proceeding was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated and originally aired live on Radio Memphis. Any offers or advertisement contained may not still be valid. All rights are reserved and copyright is held by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. For more, look for all the RMOD players at radio-memphis.com. <laughs> 